with your ghost. Welcome back to another edition of the EDBC Podcast. Eric Gilbrats and Brian Coleman. And Brian, it's the two best words in sports, Game 7. And we had two of them on Sunday as we taped this on a Monday morning. Had some time to sleep on it. We're, you're a Celtic fan. We're both Rangers fans. What was your Sunday like watching all those sports? It was crazy. It was actually, um, I mean, if you want to just go over the spectrum of the sports day on Sunday, it's actually four game sevens, but you're right. We had room. Had care about. Yeah. Well, you know, hey, um, you know, just saying, if you're like a sports, you know, nerd, or perhaps maybe you're someone who likes to put down a, a shekel or two on, on the, the games, it was a good day. But yeah, let's start there with the two game sevens, the Celtics and the Bucks yesterday afternoon. I think that was the one of the two that we're going to focus on. You know, we're going to talk to the, about the Rangers and the Penguins in a minute. The Celtics box, I think, sort of played out as a lot of us thought it would. Uh, I said before this series started, I thought these are the two best teams in the Eastern Conference, even though this is the Eastern Conference semifinals. Milwaukee, the defending champ, Celtics have been the best team, really the best team since the beginning of the year, since January. And, you know, it went seven games and the Celtics, you know, won it, you know, won it going away in game seven, but it didn't, it didn't, it wasn't really a blowout. It was a good game for most of the, for most of yesterday afternoon till late in the fourth quarter. And, you know, they did, they had those, like this game, this series had those moments, like Milwaukee had the great signature win coming back from 14 points down in game five to win and have a chance to close it out in game six. Like, yeah, man, that's a Milwaukee moment for the Bucks. A great yep. moment for the Bucks. Then the Celtics go into Milwaukee, you know, against the world defending world champs. They have to win to force a game seven back home. And, you know, Giannis is one of the best players on the planet. But on um, that game six the other day, Jason Tatum was insane. We were talking, we actually were texting about it that night, Friday night. He was just, you know, he went off and they, he wasn't going to be denied. He wasn't going to be denied. Uh, scoring 46 points. I'm going to go off on a tangent here. When I was a kid back in the 80s, like one Christmas or one birthday, my mom got me one of these like cassettes, like great moments in the NBA. This is like in the 80s. And yeah. there was like one of the games they're showing from like the 80s was like the Knicks and the Detroit Pistons playing at old Joe Louis Arena uh, and like a deciding game five back then when the first round series for our games. Yeah. And like it was Barnett, Bernard King and Isaiah Thomas going back and forth. And there's just a clip of Hubie Brown saying Isaiah was great, but Bernard King just would not let us lose that game. Jason Tatum would not let the Celtics lose that game on Friday night. And yesterday was a great game. Uh, the Bucs were shorthanded. This probably would have been a different series if they had Chris Middleton. 100%. I mean, it was, it was, it was Giannis, Drew Holiday, a little bit of Brooke Lopez, and a lot of ugh. Bobby Portis. Yeah, Bobby Portis, you know, he's been around for like, a, you know, I think this is his 37th year in the league, it feels like. Yeah. And, you know, still a good player, but, you know, Grayson Allen, who we all hate, and he sucks. You know, Pat Connington, I mean, I mean, so it was Giannis just trying, I think Giannis just ran out of gas against a really good Celtics team that, you know, and just staying on the superstar theme, I think we all knew that the Celtics were going to pull this game seven out. It was going to come down to like, Grant Williams, right? We all said, hey, it had to be Grant Williams. Yeah, but no. 27 points, 27 points, like the most got the points the guys ever freaking scored in an NBA game. And then, so. you know what? The thing about Tatum, too, that I loved in the series is he was very unselfish at times. Like he just, like with the Bucks, right. like Giannis, when he was bringing the ball up, you knew he was going to the hole. Like because right. his options were limited. But with Tatum, if they ever threw the double at him, he was always looking for the open man. When he drove to the basket, Got a lot of offensive fouls called on him, which the officiating we could talk about. The officiating hour. was not great again yesterday. I mean, and the other thing too is, I know it's three steps in the NBA, but when did it become five? Hey, I mean, it's five I, now. You can take five steps. And then I heard someone that like defending. Well, he switched his pivot foot. 
That's a I mean, listen, I mean, it's, it, it, I said last you get night three on each pivot foot. Is that what it is now? I made, I made a wacky little joke last night. I mean, I love Giannis. I love, I mean, I didn't love him this week, but I love Giannis, but I mean, he travels more than Anthony Bourdain. I mean, the guy is like, it is what it is. I just, but again, I wish through like, again, good game. I wish the rest put the whistles away a little bit. Like the old eight days where like, it's a seventh game boys. Unless I see blood, we're playing. The, the only thing I'll disagree with you with yesterday's game was over in the third quarter, but the problem is you've seen no lead is safe because there are so many possessions in the NBA of 2022, the last five years, it's up and down, no set plays. It's just pick and roll, you know, ISO run. Yep. There, yep. That's why we all, I think we all knew the game was over, but we wouldn't have been shocked if Milwaukee went on a run to cut the lead down. Well, that's that's what I guess I'm saying is like as long as they have Giannis out there, who again I think he was gassed by the, the that game because um, he had to do so much for the whole series. And it was a brutal series. The Celtics. It's why they're gonna. That's it's why they're gonna be a tough out. I mean, they are built. They are built for the playoffs. They're a team that plays defense. That doesn't mean they're gonna like hold you to under 100 points, although they did in this series. But even if you scored, you're gonna have to work. They're gonna grind you down. And you're just the, key, like, the key word you said is team. Yeah. I mean, yesterday you mentioned Grant Williams, Al Horford the other night. What did he have? Yep. 30 points. Yep. There's Peyton Pritchard. Yeah. Peyton Pritchard yesterday can't miss from three points for yeah. the three point line there. And, and that, Robert Williams didn't even play yesterday. Barely. He was available, but barely played. And that's, you yeah. know, now he's got uh, a couple of days that they'll open Tuesday in Miami. I expect that maybe the Celtics to possibly lay an egg on Tuesday night just because they're traveling and, you know, you're coming off an emotional high against defending champs, but um, Miami's for Miami's fresh Miami's building game one. Yeah. It'd be, that would certainly be, you know, I, I think if you're up Miami, you say, yeah, we, we got to win this one. You know, Miami's tough. They've got a lot of grit. I wouldn't be surprised if they won the series. I know the Celtics are most likely the favorite to win it, but, uh, too many options on offense for Boston. And like I said, they're, they're fun to watch. And I, I hate the Celtics, but uh, this team is fun to watch. They, they really are a good. Team. Yeah. And we'll see what happens in the West. Uh, I mean, we're not focusing that today, but uh, I've never, uh, Dallas, Chris won't... Paul, by the way, I don't want to hear about Chris Paul ever again. No, I don't know. I don't either. I mean, Dal, I, I don't remember a, a game in NBA history. I'm not that I'm a historian, but it's been a long time since I remember a, a home team, uh, the number one seed in the conference, getting blown out in a game seven in the semifinals. I mean, Phoenix got demolished. By Imagine Dallas. if that was a Nick team that did that and what talk radio would be like today. Oh, my goodness. People would be fired. People would have yeah. you'd have to fire someone and you'd have to trade like Chris Paul or DeAndre. DeAndre somebody would have Aiden. Somebody would have to go. Yeah. Like as Charlie Murphy said, somebody got to go. Sorry, I shouldn't have done that. Um, but, uh, all the all the Chris Paul apologists. Uh, one guy on Twitter who's a friend of mine said, "Oh, uh, when is Chris Paul going to win his championship? He deserves it." And I'm like, "Why? Why, why does he? Because he's played 17 years in the NBA. He's got nothing to do with it. He's had his chances. He doesn't deserve anything. You got to earn he it." He was at home. His team was healthy. Does Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, do they deserve? Yeah, sure. You want them to play because they played for a long time. They're all-star players, but no one deserves anything. Win no the game. Deserves. This is, you know, this is the number Marino four. deserve a Super Bowl win? Yeah, sure, I guess. But no, he didn't win one. It doesn't one. work like that. No. Deserve it. Win the game. You're in the, it's a number four seed. And some guy oh, at Twitter goodness. said, I was, uh, some guy had a great line. He goes, he is no longer being referred to as CP3. That guy's name is Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. It was great. So. I mean, yeah, I mean, but I'm not, we'll see. So the uh, yeah. if you care, if we'll talk about it, you know, a little bit more. But the Western Conference, it's the the Mavericks against the the Warriors. You're hiring the Warriors to win the whole thing. I'm still thinking 
I said Celtics Bucks was going to be a tough out. I'll still say the Celtics have a puncher's chance. All right. So the NBA is going to their final four. Uh, the other big story from Sunday night, the reason why we're taping today is because we wanted to wait and see what the Rangers and Penguins uh, did in their game seven at Madison Square Garden last night. I'll tell you what, Brian, down three games to one, down two nothing in game five at home, down two nothing in game six. The and then road. down last night, three two late in the third period. This Ranger team showed a lot of guts to come back and win this. It, it, it's the morning after. It's been like fifteen hours since they won in overtime, in sudden death overtime. It still doesn't make sense. It makes no sense that this team won this series. I'll play. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. No, they got crushed in games three and four. Their goalie, who's been the best goalie in the in the league all year had it picked the wrong time to go into a terrible slump. He looked awful. He got benched twice. And you're right. Game five, coming home, game five. Okay, fine. They won two, came back from 2 nothing. Going into Pittsburgh and winning. And I know Crosby wasn't there, but, you know, let's calm down. That happens. Uh, no Sidney Crosby's game six for the Penguins. They Still, the Rangers came from behind. And then last night, I mean, with about six minutes left to play, because they tied it up with about five minutes left to play. It's six minutes left to play, and they haven't. The Rangers really haven't generated a lot of like offense. They haven't, you know, it wasn't like the goal, Jari. Although Jari, their goalie, who hadn't played in like a month, is very good in his first. They're outshot like forty something to twenty something. It was insane. It was like almost yeah. two to one. And like, did you think at six minutes? I'm thinking like, hell of a run, boys. Good seasoning. You guys are young. You've never been here before. Learn from it. Let's move on. I did not think. They, I did not see them doing. Anything. I wasn't there yet, to be quite honest with you. Um, Maybe I'm, you know, I, I, I wasn't there yet, but I at right around right before, right as uh, when when Mika scored to tie the game at three, I was nervous, but I w- I wasn't reflecting yet on the season. I was still into the game because I knew it was only gotcha. one goal. And listen, the Rangers have a lot of stars in that team. I mean, they find I mean, had finally the last two games. The season's on the line. He has two best, best games of the year. I mean, yeah. three goals, eight assists. So I mean, he had a tremendous series. Chris Kreider started it off with it. Savannah Jett and Kreider started it off. Chris Kreider uh, with the first goal. So give the range, gave the Rangers an early lead. Kreider's been great the last few games after being quiet. Uh, and again, for folks who aren't the hockey talk, just skip ahead to like hit the fuck. You can skip ahead to five minutes. Eric and I are going to indulge ourselves here for a minute yeah. and, our, and our fellow hockey fans. And then, you know, yeah, in the young guys played well, their kid line played well the last few games, a little quieter last night. Um, I think that turnover had, by Philip Hedo, part of the kid. Yeah, line. but he he played really well and he had a couple great chances. And I love what the I like this coach. I like what Gallant did. He put Lafaniere on with the Savannah Jad and Kreider late in the game. Like, all right, I'm mixing up the lines, boys. Let's see if this works. And that one didn't work, but I did I not text you? Uh, at yes, some you point did. in the third period that aren't, has, is it just me or is it, is it Artemi, Artemi, I can't say Artemi Panarin. Has Artemi Panarin been bad this series? And you said yeah. indecisive. I thought he's just been bad. Played with so the puck we, too much. It's for me, he just played with the puck too much. He was always looking for someone else. The guy's got brilliant hands. Like, way he's he got incredible hands. Uh, but as they said, I said, to shoot the puck. As I read this morning, you know, in the playoffs, they, they gum it up. You don't have as much open ice to do your creative stuff with. And as they said last night, uh, two nights ago or two games ago, the ice in the garden with it being a little warmer up, the ice in the garden has been bad. It got shippy and choppy. You know, they kept fixing the ice about every 30 seconds. Yeah. They're taking a timeout to smooth over the ice. So who delivers the game winning goal? Panarin. And it was just unbelievable. Great analysis by you once again, Brian. Thank you. It was, I was just like, of course, the guy who's, you know, sucked the whole series is going to come back and totally redeem himself. And I still don't know how that puck went in. I've watched the replay a hundred times. I ran well, it back at work last night 
after uh, they, they scored about 10 after it was about 10 after 10, maybe so I had plenty yeah. of time to uh, have that in my highlights, obviously. But um, after I got off the air, I went and I really, I went and watched the record, really rolled it back 10 times. And I still know how it went in between Kreider and uh, Latang in front of the net. Somehow it went between the two of them. I don't know how it went. In. Well, that's, that's what that's, but that's what we were just saying. You know, he was Panarin of all people was, he finally was the guy who just got it and just let it, just let it rip. There's yep. a crowd in front of the net, let it rip. Yep. And I don't think Jari ever saw, well, I think he may have, saw, may have seen it the last minute, but, and you know, when you, especially Madison Square Garden, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure in Calgary last night, they went crazy too when the Flames went in overtime to win their series, but I don't care about them. You know, when they just, that's that, that moment in the garden when it explodes, it's awesome. As up and down as just Durkin was in the playoffs. I mean, he had 70 something saves in the first, in the over, triple overtime loss. Um, mm-hmm. Thought the Rangers defense showed some of their inexperience and really hung him out to dry quite a yeah. bit early in the series. And I, he was great last night. I mean, he made some saves last night before the, the Banajad goal couple early in the game where he was really played well. So, you know he what? He was the player things, of the game. Yeah, things tend to even out when you're a goalie. You have a couple yeah. of bad games. Things. I give Galat a lot of credit because he pulled him. Before game five, a lot of people were saying, oh, if you bench him and play Gorgiev because he's going to be at home, it's an easier way to play right, at home. Right. And he was adamant right away, no, Shisterkin's our guy. So well, I give him a lot of credit because you know how New York is. People get a yeah. little antsy. Oh, what should we do? We've seen baseball managers do it. He, yeah. he stuck to his guns. What did Don say? He said, "Where's the best goal in the world?" Yeah. Play. And yeah. you know, so I put somebody posted this on Twitter this morning. It was unofficial, so uh, I don't know if this is right, but it was at he. I didn't realize this, but I think it makes sense. He was sixty. He, in terms of saves, he was sixty-three out of sixty-three in the third, in third period in the series. Not bad. Save, save the best for last. Not bad. Um, <clears throat> So Wednesday night, the Rangers and Carolina will play. Uh, of course, Carolina has six former Rangers on the team. Six. I know. Six former Rangers who obviously weren't good enough to play New York. But I you know. make those They're... decisions. They happen. You, we've seen it in all sports. You know what I mean? You move on. Yeah, and yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, the former Ranger backup is going to be in goal for the for the former for the Carolina Hurricanes, the artist formerly known as the Hartford Whalers. And the Hurricanes are, I was reading, you know, the Hurricanes are a lot like this Penguins team except better. So it's, I mean, the Rangers are going to be big underdogs, but hey. Just, just go down. Just go down there and take a swing. You can't, you can't play the way you did in this series and expect to win. You got to be a lot better. Your defensive pairs have to be better. Just Durkin has to be even better than he was. And listen, the best part about this, I said to my kids and my wife last night, we get at least another week of entertainment, and that's what go. it is. You yes. get another week of entertainment. We're going to take you right through Memorial Day. That's the plan. Love it. Hopefully. So, all right, we got to talk some baseball. Yankees and Mets, uh, still two of the better teams in Major League Baseball. We'll get into that a little bit. Brian's got some birthdays he wants to talk about. A bunch of stuff coming up. Uh, we're going to take a quick time out, but when we come back, we'll hit all those hot topics, as they say, Brian. Hot topics. Yeah. All right. But first, let's talk about All's Well. Your dream bed starts with All's Well when you shop at allswell.com. All's Well believes in the power of a good night's sleep. For all, it's been the guiding principle since launch. We're talking about products that feature innovative technology and unbelievable comfort and support without, de- without deflating your wallet. The goal was to create an affordable mattress without sacrificing quality or luxury. And the result is the All's Well Queen mattress, a mattress that combines the best of both worlds, memory foam, and individually wrapped coils. That creates a winning blend of comfort and support. It also comes at an incredibly awesome cost. It starts at $345. $345 for a queen-sized mattress. That's pretty good. Here's what else you get from allswellhome.com. Free shipping, a 10-year limited warranty, 100-night risk-free trial, 
financing as low as 0%. Get 15% off your total order when you go to the link on any one of our podcast episodes at edbcpodcast.buzzsprout.com. Go on to one of our episodes, click on the link for home.com shop. And when you're done, you're going to get 15% off your total order. So sleep well and save well with all is well. All right, Brian, Yankees and Mets. Uh, Mets lost their first series of the season. Hard to believe May 15th or whatever it was yesterday when they lost uh, two out of three to Seattle Mariners. A rough, uh, rough loss with the bases loaded last night, but that yeah. happens. We still got to be happy with the way the team's playing. Yankees behind Nestor Cortez yesterday take three out of four from the Chicago White Sox. And listen, I know internet and talk radio is fun, but again, it's May 16th. Can we, today I heard a fan call WFAN while I'm driving, running a couple errands and say the Yankees need to extend Nestor Cortez to a two or three year contract. Why? He's making $770,000 a year, which they say is a travesty. Okay. And he's got three years of arbitration left. So can we all just pump the brakes? That I, I mean, there was people calling it today saying if he continues in space, he can win the Cy Young. It's May 16th. It's a little, May, it's a little early. And, and the same thing was going on a week ago with Mets fans, you know, one saying that we had the next Roger Clemens. But can we all just calm down. Just Internet sorry, polls man. about pitching staffs. I know you were part of that last week, you clown. And yeah, I was. Uh, <laughs> I was. And the guy got, of course, then the guy, Kyler McGill, I'm talking about, guy gets hurt. Soon as you start tweeting that, I, I soon I just I stayed away from it because I'm like this is bad karma written all over it. What, what is wrong with you? You don't start Sorry. making top ten list of pitchers in New York in May tenth, and then they get hurt. Then they get hurt. So Jeez, uh, we've seen this movie before a thousand times. Who wants people to make these predictions? Um, I, yeah, I mean, I'm just you know, it's been I don't know how often in May do we like not start talking about baseball on a podcast episode till. Uh, Till uh, the, like the twenty minute mark, but yeah, no, there, there's still a lot to talk about at baseball. The uh, now the Yankees are rolling twenty five and nine. I got to give you credit. I mean, they they can do no wrong. They're they're hitting the dead ball isn't killing isn't hurting them. They're knocking homers over the wall and all that jazz. And they're going against the Orioles this week. Where they got the next what three or four game series with Baltimore this week? Yeah. And can uh, just to just to, hold on one second. Can can you please please someone explain to me? And maybe I need to do more work to find out. Who does the schedules? Do they literally throw things against a wall to see what sticks? The idea that they do. opening days in the Northeast, uh, we've argued about that for years, not argued, but we've talked about it. They, they, I, I, the Yankees are playing four games against the White Sox, four games against the Orioles. They come home Friday, play three games against the White Sox, and then Baltimore comes to town. No, it's stupid. I mean, the what, are are, like, the what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? It, it's the middle of May, and the Mets and the Phillies, who are division, you know, they're in the same division. They're supposed to play 19 games. They're like done. They have like they see Philadelphia like one more time the whole the rest of the year. Like the Yankees have played Toronto, I think, ten times already. For oh my out. goodness! Yeah, I mean, ugh, I, 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 you're right. It's so dumb. Part of it's the interleague play, which I hate, um, and not just because my team lost their first series to an American League team. Um, ugh, you're right. It's it's silly. You should be you should want some of those division game division games you know later in the season. You got to play. You gotta, get rid of the I West think, Coast trips in April when the weather is awful in the Northeast. Send the Yankees. They should open every year against Anaheim or against Seattle that has a roof, or you know even Tampa Bay has a roof. I, I get we're Toronto fine has fine with that. Let those yeah, well, teams that have domes host and make the Yankees, Mets, Phillies, Red Sox travel. Our fans would be fine with that. They would say oh, it's not fair to the those fans because they miss out on opening day. 
Well, if you're sitting there in 20 degrees, you don't care. It sucks. Yeah. And like, oh, you know, and you're pitching like we, we don't want to pitch this guy too long. And, you know, it's 46 degrees out and no one can hit because the vault, you know, it's 30 degrees out. I said last week after going to a, I mean, what a week, what a difference a week makes. Yesterday was like 80 degrees here in Connecticut. Last week, I'm at a minor league baseball game in Hartford. It's like, feels like it's 30 degrees out. Yeah. And I said, my whole, like, I forgot my rule. If I don't buy tickets to a baseball game, if you live in the Northeast until at least June. Or you don't buy them until day of when you're walking into the joint. Either way, but yes, yes. thank thank you for clarifying my position. Uh, but yeah, Yankees again. The, the the White Sox. I mean, they're missing some key players. A couple of their starters. Orioles are not good. So, and listen, you can you criticize of the schedule, but you got to beat who's on the schedule. Because if the Yankees were ten and ten in their last twenty games instead of eighteen and three. We'd be killing them saying they stink. So it always feels like, and again, I think they had an issue. I'm working off memory here. So Eric will tell me I'm wrong because I don't pay as much attention to the Yankee streaks. It feels like, yes, Baltimore, you do. Yes, I you feel, do. Okay. It feels like Baltimore always gives them a little bit of a problem in uh, Charm City. Am I right? <clears throat> they, uh, they have the last couple years. Yeah. But the Yankees the traditionally suck. have owned that ballpark since it opened in 90. Mm, okay. 91, I think it was 91. 91 no. so, uh, or 92. So it's unacceptable to go in there and split with Baltimore. You got to win at least three or four. You should sweep the damn Orioles, right? Yeah. You have to Fox take Bombers. at least three. Take just win series. Like you've been saying with the Mets all the time, you win series and you, Stack you win the wins, series. Man. The whole year, just win series. That's all you got to do. And then the Mets and Yankees are setting themselves up for a bad streak or an injury where you jump ahead enough where you can weather the storm. You know, you will have slumps. You will have, a, you will have a losing streak, but the Mets are going to lose another series this year. The Yankees will have a losing streak. It's going to happen. Yes. It's baseball. Yes. That's just uh, baseball Red, season. That's right. The Red Sox uh, lost again. Still suck. Texas. Yeah. Texas yesterday. I don't even know what the record is. Yet, but Their record is 13 and 21. They are dead last in the American league East, a tidy 12 games out. As I'm looking at this again, this still very early. I get it. But man, if they keep going South, I'm telling you, at the trade deadline, they have a smorgasbord of players that they can get rid of. A, a lot of players that people will be interested. In. Do they? Oh. Yes. Bogarts is a free agent. They're not going to trade Bogarts. Well, they the rumor was that they got Tra- Trevor's story, and they told him that they'll play shortstop next year because they're not going to sign Bogarts. Okay. Hey, they didn't sign, what's his name in the outfield? Mookie Betts. Yeah, but that was different. I think Mookie Betts told them, uh, and I think Mookie Betts basically said, I'm not re-signing in Boston. I want to go play somewhere else. Yeah, I and could I think, be wrong. I was I think you know, there. you're right. And I think part of that was the lead in, the lead up to his free agency, how they kind of put him on the back burner. Lowballed him a little bit yeah. and made him wait. I think that uh, soured a little bit. But Bogarts, I mean, J.D. Martinez came out yesterday before the game and said he'd like to re-sign in Boston. I mean, that's you, the guy. You, you could trade him and still get him back. You know what I mean? That's, that's the guy you uh, – you would target as being a very, you know, a definitely a trade candidate just because what you said, he has some flexibility and they have the flexibility to bring him back if they want to. Like, Nathan Eovaldi, the starter, is a proven See, that's what I'm wondering. Pitcher. I mean, they're pitching it. I that's what teams are going to want. I yeah. mean, it's pitching, although the Mets could use another big bat because their offense has not been quite up to its billing. So I'd love a JD Martinez. Tom but Smith isn't carrying the team as predicted back in oh. uh, March and April. Did I? Did somebody get say that if he stays healthy, Dom Smith was going to hit thirty home runs as long as he got like regular playing time at third, ba- first base, and deal? And neither so, one's happening right now. So why is that? Say that. Explain to me what's going on with the Dom Smith fascination here. Uh, he turns out he might not be very good. <laughs> can we redo the hot? I know one of the pitchers that was involved in that trade is now out for the season. Can we redo? Yeah. Can we call the San Diego bat? Is it too late to do that trade? The the, the, right. the intense uh, irritability of Mets fans when that was even proposed 
when I thought they were actually trading Dom Smith when his value was high. Mm-hmm. And the Yankees and Mets both do this. They both mm-hmm. do it. They'll hold on to a guy too long or yeah. the, and they won't trade him. And then they'll get rid of him when his value is too low. Yeah. We've seen that a million times. And, and Dom Smith is another case of, oh, if he's healthy, if he gets – I mean – I think that ship is starting to sail a little bit, you know? I mean, yeah, your boy McNeil's playing a little better this year. Yeah. His batting average is a little higher. Um, doesn't have as well, much he, power, but well, he's, he's, he's a nice he's, player. Nimmo's having good. a nice year. Nimmo's so who, been good. So who would you – where would you – you want to – I mean, Marte's in a bit of you – no, know, Escobar's in a horrible slump, right? I think Marte – and I don't know, listen, I can't kill Starling Marte because I've been begging the Mets for four years going, go get this yeah. guy, go get this guy. And they got him. And he's had he's been good in spurts. He's been okay. He's been good defensively in, in right field. I think you could look at third base. Uh, I like Mark Hanna, the left fielder they got a lot. But I think you – because I love the DH now because you have so many possibilities. You can still go out and get a bat and, like, let these – you don't have to, like – pin a can or an Escobar, two guys who have been in town for about five minutes to the bench and say, yep. we don't trust you, but it gives you some flexibility because they do outside of like Alonzo, who's been good. Um, McNeil has been, you know, I mean, he's looking more like he, he's always been a 300 hitter. Now he's hitting 300. Like, yeah, he's, he is what he is. He's always going to be a guy. He's, he's going to stay in the major leagues as he hits, not because he has great glover. He's a power hitter. He just, you know, he's going to hit. Yeah. And Nimmo has been very good. I was wrong about Nimmo. He's not a fourth out, outfitter. He's very good. But outside of that, it's been sort of touch and go. And they, their catcher just position is a disaster. And I don't know where you go get a catcher. I don't think. I think just yeah. I think, it. I mean, the Yankees are in the same position. They got their, their catchers are both pretty good defensively, but neither one of them hit. So, I mean, just but I tell go. you again, as a, as a national league fan, like if you didn't have the DH all of a sudden, those, this is what I like about, again, this is why I think it's better with the DH because every league uses it in all levels of baseball. Plus those deficiencies I just mentioned, if you have those like slumps or those areas where there's, you're not getting a lot of production and you have the pitcher batting knife, Ooh, all of a sudden your lineup looks a lot worse. Yeah. And listen, a lot of national league fans have been screaming about it for years. Oh, we can't do it. It'll ruin our game. Blah, 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 blah. I think it's Tremendous. a much better game when the designated hitters in both leagues uh i've even seen some people talking about should you now change the categories or make the categories since everyone has a dh do you have like you know instead of having categories by league for leaders you just do the whole, do the whole mlb well we're getting close to that because there's really not i mean you and i are still we're old enough to remember where there was a definitive difference between the leagues i mean even different umpires the whole and now thing. they're doing a balanced schedule next year which i wasn't aware of until i hate weeks the balanced ago. schedule you know they, they got rid of it about 25 years ago they went has it been that long schedule I mean, the last time I remember, I remember like the, my 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 baseline for that is the year that the Mets and the Dodgers played in '88, and the the Dodgers won is the year that the Mets had beaten the Dodgers ten or eleven times in the regular yeah. season. That's like the last time I remember like a balanced schedule. And this has been the small market teams complaining about it because they want the Yankees, they want the Red Sox, the Mets, big market teams who maybe have some fans to travel to their places more often. Whereas the Yankees this year only go to the White Sox once. Now they'll go twice. The White Sox, Chicago freaking White Sox, and Yankee fans to fill in your ballpark. You're they in Chicago. Did. Saturday night sold out game for the Yankee first one all year. Bunch of front running Yankee fans. You know, yes, that's exactly what we are, front runners. The Yankee. Uh, the Dallas don't, Cowboy. Don't, don't quiz me about the Oscar Azokar years, okay? I, I'll take you. Dallas Cowboy fan who grew up in New Hampshire is criticizing. Uh, you know, the guy, some Yankee fan who grew up in Elk Grove, Illinois. Oh, yeah, a big Yankee fan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have Jeez. fun. Jesus. Uh, uh, you mentioned a little bit about the dead ball briefly. Uh, I, again, I don't know what the answer is to it. The 
I do know well, your, your team doesn't seem your team seems just fine with it. Your ball Stan and Judge have the highest exit are hitting the ball harder than anyone in Major League Baseball. So Yankees are handling Yankees are handling their ball is just fine. Thank you very much. But yeah, yes. I mean, just watching these other games. I mean, yeah, my team got victimized by it a couple weeks, a couple times last week. But like that ball, like no doubt about a home run off the bat, and it just they just die out in the infield, and everyone's Dan Humidor's outfield. Yeah, humid. Damp balls. So it's just, you know, there's just one more thing for me to complain about Major League Baseball screwing up its product. Just yep. use regular baseballs. Stop fooling around. All right. We just got the 10 uh, minute warning from our friends at Zoom, Brian. So we're going to take one more commercial break. All then right. We, we come back. We have some birthdays to talk about. You've extended the list. I do like I the list. Have. It's very short this week, which is good. I know. Uh, Your attention span less, short, less so. brain power for me to uh, burn. So. Anyway, one more time out, and then we'll come back. We'll talk birthdays, both of people and of uh, music. Love it. Yeah, I love it. Oh, my goodness. I have to go grocery shopping, I think, today. And, uh, you know, I'm not really looking forward to it because i got a busy day. But here's a way you can sort of, you know, bypass actually getting in the car and going. How about, you know, signing up for Instacart? Save yourself a trip to the grocery store. Instacart delivers groceries in as fast as one hour. They connect you with personal shoppers in your area. To help you shop and deliver groceries from your favorite stores. You're going to stores that you know. You're not going to some store three towns over. You don't know. You never heard of it. You don't have to meet the produce is any good. You don't have to, you know, the meat's moldy. You don't want that. You want stores you know that you trust that you go to all the time. Multiple stores are available. So you can actually shop your favorite stores on a single order. Get the products that you love. Hand selected by shoppers based on your preferences. Hey, here's another way to save free delivery on your first order of over 35 bucks when you go through the link on any one of our podcast episodes. Click on an EDBC podcast episode. You will see a link for Instacart.com. If you haven't, sign up for an account. It takes about three minutes. Start shopping and get free delivery on your first order of over $35. So save from home and shop from home with Instacart. All right, birthdays. Before we get into people, we'll talk about a thing. Uh, music, Exile and Main Street, uh, great Rolling Stones album, 50 this past week, 1972. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. My One of my other favorite bands, Black Crows, have an album out called 1972, where they do six songs from that era, which uh, I've heard some of them. They're pretty good. Uh, but Exile on Main Street, good, good record by the Rolling Stones, double album. Keith Richards called it the first grunge album in rock and roll history. I like was, that. He said it was, uh, and the reason his reasoning for that was because it was a double album and the record executives did not want that. It was 18 songs. They were dead against it. So we're not going to release it, but it's double. And uh, very diverse, it was a very diverse album. A little country, a little blues, rock and roll. A lot of, yeah. A little, blues, little bit yeah. of everything. So a lot check of it, it out I if have you haven't the, heard that. Shame on you if you haven't. Yeah, I won't get to it. Uh, I know a lot of people say it's one of the best albums of rock albums ever. I'm, that's to me, that's not overrated at all. It's my favorite Stones album. I know it doesn't have a lot of like the hit singles, but it's my favorite because it's so diverse. I can throw it on and listen to every song. And I've got the deluxe reissue from a few years ago, so it's like thirty-five songs. Yeah, I have that I'll as well. That, I'll throw that some bit. I'll throw that some begun on and just I can just play it, you know, straight through. It'll just it just. <laughs> Perfect. And it's a little dirty. You're right. It's a little dirty. It's yep. not perfect. It keeps the mistakes in. And that's what makes it beautiful. Mick Jagger always says he hated the album because he didn't like the way it was mixed. He thought the vocals were too low and uh, uh, whatever. It is what it there's is. There's a little bit of that, but that's okay. It sounds like you, it sounds like a bunch of guys just jamming and playing music with their friends at three o'clock in the morning. And, and as it turns out, that's pretty much exactly how it was recorded. Yeah. And one of one of quick little funny note as a friend of our family, Tumbling Dice is a f- favorite song of hers. And one time she was singing in the chorus for Tumbling Dice, Got to Roll Me. The Tumbling mm-hmm. Dice Got to Roll Me. The background yep. singers are singing. Uh, I one time heard her saying macaroni. 
True story. She thought she thought they were saying macaroni. And now every time I hear that song for the rest of my life, I'm going to think of that. <laughs> that's what I'm going to think of. You're so. welcome. You're Thanks welcome. a lot. That's you're welcome. Perfect. When you're driving in the car with the kids, you could tell them have them sing macaroni. There you go. So I'll dig it. Exile on Main Street, 50 years old. All right, we got some birthdays of real people. Let's start with some rock and roll. David Byrne, the lead singer of the Talking Heads, another uh, great musician, songwriter. I can't tell you the last time I heard something new by them, but uh, no, you know, but you know, Trailblazer, you know, insp- you know inspired a lot of GBs, all that stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, New York 70s punk rock scene. Bondi, all them. Uh, I mean, he's got to be the Stones age, so I'm going to say he's 73. Mm, you gave him a, you were, he went a little high, but not too bad. He is 70. All right. But yeah, he was all part of that 1970s punk scene, the Ramones, all them in yeah. television, Blondie, yeah. all that stuff. Who's next on your list, Brian? Uh, basketball, great. NBA Hall of Famer, since we've talked a lot about basketball. Here's a guy who played plenty of playoff games and also occasionally made news off the court for his personal life. Draymond Green? <laughs> wrong uh um not one to look not one to seek out the uh the the you know the cameras or anything dennis rodman celebrated. no he just likes to kick them oh no it's a oh, cameraman all oh, right 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 the camera was fine dennis rodman this is dennis a, rodman these uh, are a couple of uh these will make you feel old the next couple ones starting with this one how old is dennis rodman man is he 60 brian no he's 61 Wow, that I is forgot. He, he was a rookie because he bounced around like junior college and he was like not playing ball, pro ball. He, I think his rookie year in the NBA, he was like 25. So yeah, late bloomer, but a Hall of Famer and a uh, love Chuck know. Daly, thought of him as a father figure. Did anything yep, yep. Chuck. Colorful character, great player. Uh, yes. Yeah. All right, let's move on to one of our favorite shows of all time. We've talked about it a lot, especially the last Little House on the Prairie. Little House Didn't on the Prairie. Did we do this last right. week? We did. Sopranos, you're talking about. Jamie Lynn Sigler. Meadow. Man. Otter. Yeah, great Super Bowl commercial she was in. Gave me the chills watching it when she was driving that that big Tahoe and uh, New Jersey. She's younger than we are. Oh, yeah, she's younger than we are. But like 43? I don't know. She's 41. 41? Yeah. I'm in the ballpark for every one of these things, by the way. I know we're Everyone. up against the clock, and this can be held for another time. But I watched, we watched The Sopranos the last few months after the movie came out, uh, Many Sons of Newark, or whatever it was. Um, yeah. Here's the part that I don't like. Here's the part that doesn't age well. I don't like 90% of the scenes of Tony and his family, I get, I'm bored. Really? Especially with the son. I don't care. I don't care. I just There's want to. The, when AJ. Office. When AJ gets arrested for trying to stab uh, Uncle Junior and Tony comes and bails him, gets him out, that scene in the parking lot where he throws him up against a truck is pretty emotional. I, I guess. I just watch it again. I, that and then right. the similar one, Jamie Lynn has a scene where she's good. they're yelling at each other because she wants to go to Europe or Spain or whatever. And she goes, Oh, look at Mr. Mob Boss. And it's just the look on Tony's face and then the look on her face. Like, you lose yourself in the moment because you realize how powerful. There was a couple of really good scenes. I said 90%. I didn't say 100%, but we, yeah. that's for another time. We got to move it along. We're on the clock. All right. Another guy that we love because we love the movie Heat. We talk about a lot. One of the guys, and he's been in a ton of movies, uh, Danny Trejo, Trejo, who played Dreo in the Heat, the movie Heat. Danny Trejo. You've seen him in a bunch of stuff. He's on commercials now. He's a funny guy in commercials. I mean, you could tell me he was 90, and I would believe you. Okay. He's not, but. 
69. Nice. Uh, no. <laughs> wow, you, were, you you swung and missed on that one, my friend. Uh, a, little, a little closer to 90. Uh, 78. Wow, he's 78. Holy cow. 78. Man, I told you, I had no idea. He's been around a long time, probably got a late start in acting. He's one of the scariest yeah, well, actors he was, around. But he was serving time, so that sort of cut into his, his, his acting career. How, how much time did you do? Because you got to shave that off the birthday years, because he missed quite a few there. So that's, if he was in prison for nine years, I'm right on the money. So Is that, oh, so that age? Okay. Yeah, trying to cover my bases here. There yeah. you go. All right, well, we got some uh, NHL playoffs. Uh, Celtics Tuesday night, Rangers Wednesday night. Yankees and Mets this week. Mets hosting the Cardinals, where there could be some fireworks at City Field. Brian, I hope. So. I hate. I still hate. I hate the freaking Cardinals. Someone brought up today that Nestor Cortez reminded them of John Tudor, and I automatically got sick because I hated those '80s Cardinals teams. I hated John Tudor, and I have a personal reason for hating John Tudor. I once went up to him as an for an autograph when I was a little kid. He was a Red Sox, and he basically just turned and walked away. Oh, bastard! F him. If he only knew then what you become now. If he's listening right now, I haven't forgotten, John Tudor. Watch out. All right, man. That'll do it for this edition of EDBC Podcast. Eric Dobratz, Brian Coleman here on a Monday morning. We'll catch up with you next week. Talk NBA, NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, something else. Will pop. We have the Preakness this weekend or is that next? I don't remember. Uh, I don't know. The PGA Championship is this weekend, I think, right? All that. All right. We got uh, go your, your, your next fans. You're a Knicks fan, so maybe you're going to watch the draft lottery tomorrow night. I could care less. I don't care. You guys are going to have something to hang on to. All right. Till the next time, Brian. Say goodbye. See ya.